The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he had laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which we work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for Sabbath renewal. We thank you that we are called together to be at one. Each day is a special day, but Sabbath day is your day, the day that we come together to renew our relationship and and to also see friends and be inspired to welcome and widen the circle of our relations. We pray that we will always be uh, models of those who Uh, get to come to church. It's not a burden. It's not a a boring responsibility, but it's an opportunity, Lord, to fully appreciate who you are and who we have become in your name. Amen. It's a rare Sunday when I miss church, but I was a guest at my brother's lake home in Nisswa, Minnesota just recently and it was a Sunday and we didn't take the time. We had to pack up and clean, vacuum, change the sheets uh, to to return to the Twin Cities which was a three-hour drive to be at my sister's for an early family dinner. So I considered this my continuing educational opportunity on Sabbath skipping instead of Sabbath keeping. And what I observed is how quickly Sunday becomes just like any other day in the week. Have you ever felt that? Noticed how that quickly can begin to be a pattern if we're not careful. We had the news on the television, mostly bad news, and we watered the plants, carried the paddle boat from the lake up to the garage, and then faced the traffic jams in the city as we got into St. Paul Now, clearly, as I said, Sabbath doesn't have to be Sunday, but it needs to be one day that you will set aside in your your schedule, which can be so jam-full, if we are to be free from becoming buried in society's demands. The third commandment, as you heard, says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. It's part of the first three commandments, which are all about our relationship with God. And this one is sort of how we maintain that, by being connected with others who are also 
trying to maintain that relationship. And holiness means set apart. You've heard that before. To remember the Sabbath and keep it holy is to keep it set apart like a precious gift that we have, something we don't want tarnished or lost. Notice our Old Testament lesson, which I just think is fabulous from Isaiah, describes the powerful gift God's law is for his people. He's saying, you shall be called the repairer of the breach, my people. The repairer of the breach, the brokenness around you. The restorer of streets that we live in. If you refrain from trampling the Sabbath and pursuing your own interests on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways, serving your own interests, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride upon the heights of the earth. It's a pretty good recommendation for Sabbath-keeping that we will become empowered to restore lives around us, communities around us. It's poetry, and it's powerful to remember. To be a repairer of the breach, we can't have enough people in our society, in our world, to be repairers of the breaches that are all around us, everywhere, every day. In our communities, we are often fueled by Uh, many of the temptations that take us away from God or bury the sadness we feel. Our cities are rich with unchecked drug use, corruption, and violence. God's people are to restore the streets we live in. What good news for our daily loss of precious black and blue lives in our city streets. What good news for our dream of providing quality education and resources for all impoverished neighborhoods in our land. But this power to heal and transform is rooted in honoring Sabbath, making it our identifying practice in society. And you know the statistics show we seem to be losing that battle. People aren't going to church at the same rate they were early on in the 50s and 60s. Times are changing. Houses of worship are closing. But we are to make our worship and our Sabbath-keeping our identity in the community. It was so for the Jews in Isaiah. It was uh, for them, the chosen people, uh, something other people who didn't understand these Jews at all or what they were about, but they did know that they kept Sabbath from Friday to Saturday. It was their identifying practice. I hope it will recover as the Christian practice as well, that we will be known because we are here on Sunday or some other day we have set aside for a unique relationship with God in prayer and scripture and with relationships that need uh, restoring. Jesus honors the Sabbath day challenges in Luke's gospel. And it is a beautiful gospel story. I love it. It's only in Luke's gospel in our New Testament. While Jesus is teaching in a synagogue, not his own, he notices this woman severely bent over by some malady for 18 years. She didn't seek him out. But he goes to her. 
another taboo in their culture, the men going near women, much less seeking them out at worship. Was it crippling arthritis that had her held down? Was it severe osteoporosis or scoliosis? Scholars debate. But whatever it was, it was a long 18 years. Because of her handicap, her neck hung low. She mostly could observe only feet and animal hooves on the dusty road ahead. Rarely did she see a man, a woman, or child's face warmly smiling or offering to help her. Plus, most blamed her for her affliction. She must have done something horrible in her past, sinful that she is afflicted in this way. It's her fault. Let her deal with it. So Jesus breaks tradition and calls her over to him. He places his hands on her, which is another taboo forbidden in Jewish law, to touch an unclean person, lepers and such. She is crippled, and that is his calling to be at her side. She continually is put away by other people. But today she hears the good news from Jesus. Woman, you are set free from your ailment. And miraculously, she stands tall. And she praises God for the gift of healing and a new hope of acceptance into the community around her. The deeper point Jesus is making is Of course, that women are important, equally so, in the new kingdom he's bringing about. And they will be important in Sabbath fellowship and practice. Jesus honors this woman now standing tall and praising God because of her recovery and names her a daughter of Abraham. It seals the deal in his new community that... Not only are there sons of Abraham, the men who have been honored, but now there are daughters of Abraham. They are the chosen people as well. But the law-abiding rabbi misses that point, reprimands Jesus' actions by telling everyone around him at worship, you have six other days on which to work. On those days come to be cured, but do not come on the Sabbath. The point Jesus makes in this story is for him in his new kingdom, people are the priority over obedience to religious practices and the letter of the law in his kingdom, especially Sabbath observances. Then and now should welcome all types of folks in need, women, outcasts, handicapped veterans, the sick, the blind, the lame, the bullied, all should find that they are at home among us. The hallmarks of Jesus in any Christian community should be grace and mercy to those society keeps at arm's length. I said at the other services, I'm not indicating Upper Dublin is guilty of this, but we all know of some church families where it seems that the way we've always done liturgical practices is the only way it will be done. And if you don't abide by the way we do things here, whether it be how we set the altar, how we say the prayers, the music that is chosen, you will feel uncomfortable, not welcome. It is where the law becomes more important than the people. And Jesus is sensing that in his day and is iconoclastically breaking 
that understanding. One of the professors I listen to each week on sermon podcasts is an Old Testament scholar, Dr. Rolf Jacobson, from Luther Seminary in St. Paul. He is handicapped for 35 years now, having had both legs amputated when he was in high school. I remember the first time I saw him, I was struck by his independence. He has no legs, literally, and so it's sort of like a stump sitting in the chair. But he takes himself out of the chair when he finds that there's a stage to get up on, puts his wheelchair up on the stage, crawls up and gets into the wheelchair, all while you're going, you can't believe your eyes. He is indeed uh, an inspiration. But he commented on the podcast, as an aside, that did we know that disabled people in America are one of the most unchurched groups? It surprised me. Did you know that because he has lived the experience, the blind, the deaf, the wheelchair-bound find it hard to feel welcomed into the average church community? There is no space for them. They don't know what to do. They don't have um, jobs they can perform, part of the community. He adds, and just making a cutout in the pews isn't enough. He adds, even at Luther's seminary, there are no cutouts in the chapel, in the pews, as if pastors who are handicapped would want to seek a call. NPR had an exciting story on recently Uh, about a playground that was just built in Woodbury, Minnesota. And uh, the parents were so excited. The playground is specifically designed for uh, disabled children. Parents were ecstatic to see their little ones discovering new opportunities where they could participate and their handicapped needs were honored. So Jesus wants the identifying habit of our community, our congregations, to be a Sabbath day which honors and includes all God's children in joyful celebration. Old Testament scholar, I'm on Old Testament scholars today, James Limburg reminds us that one of American musician Duke Ellington's most famous and beautiful compositions is called Come Sunday. He originally wrote the opera, for an opera, the song, which told of the plight of the African-American people in the South. They were overworked, as we know, and underpaid. But they were allowed together on Sunday to sing and worship. It was a day they looked forward to all week. And the refrain of Duke Ellington's song says this, But Sunday, that's the day I'm waiting for. Sunday's the day I'm waiting for. Brothers and sisters, we too can be handicapped in a variety of ways, like that bent-over woman or just in our uh, busyness with diminished vision of how the community can help us in our journey. And sometimes we can feel like a number in a large company or a university that dehumanizes and uses our labors. Our children can feel insecure and lonely in their demanding school systems right here, I know, in our school district, constantly judged, constantly graded under a crushing load of uh, advanced academic classes and sports competitions 
Winning is everything. Exceeding and getting into the right colleges. God wants to bring us healing and grace and a caring community that says to us, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. You are beloved. You are set free from your ailment. Christian author Marva Dawn is known for her books on Sabbath-keeping. And she acknowledges, yes, the busyness of our culture. She herself is a professor, writing many books and articles. But she says, if we keep Sabbath by embracing persons, that practice itself invites us to carry those same values into the other six days of our week. Our Sabbath remembering strengthens us to stand against the technological obsessions of our culture and pursue the intimacy of Christian community and Christ-like caring. When we experience being enveloped by Sabbath time, we become people who are not enslaved to time. We get in touch with eternity, and we bring eternal values into all the days of our week. What a gift. What a delight Sabbath-keeping can be for all. Amen? Amen. Amen.